Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. This is Lori, and I'm here with Charlene and two special guests. And today we have a important topic that we want to talk to you about. Have you ever felt like you've been in a slump where you feel like you were facing a season of spiritual dryness? Maybe it happened after you went through a tragedy, or maybe you just noticed a slow slide toward complacency in your spiritual life. As we look back at 2020 and all the new things that so many of us have faced, I would imagine that many people probably felt like they were in a spiritual slump. Most churches were closed, so we could no longer meet together. Your job may have closed or moved you to working online, so you're at home alone. All of that isolation can contribute to us pulling away from our time with the Lord. And today we're going to talk to two special friends, Tim and Donna, about how we can overcome a season of spiritual dryness. Donna works for the ministry, and we love that she's part of this ministry and part of our team. Her husband, Tim, is now enjoying retirement after his 18 years with Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, where he served with Donna. He was a minister in benevolence, food distribution, and biblical counseling, and they've been married for 23 years. So when we decided to talk about this topic, we knew that Tim and Donna would have some wonderful insight on how to overcome a season of spiritual dryness. Thanks for joining us on our podcast today, and you are going to be very blessed by our guest. Tim and Donna, we're so glad you're here with us today. And the topic that we're talking about today is going through a season of spiritual dryness or a spiritual drought. And Tim, I'm sure with your experience of working with so many people over the years that you've probably encountered many people who have felt like they've walked through a season where the Lord just seems so far away from them. Yes, that's uh, that's very, very true. I, I would say that as I think about that and I listened, I, I asked myself a couple of questions uh, as I was listening and, and, and got to know their story. Is, is, is one of two things going? Um, has God in his sovereign touch and his sovereign rule in his life, um, has he brought the season of spiritual dryness uh, in their life? Or, uh, number two, um, have they, by their own actions, um, uh, brought the period of spiritual dryness into their life? And so I've listened through those two grids and um, with that sensitivity. One of the people that I thought of when I was thinking about people who've gone through spiritual dryness or... Um, maybe not a season of dryness so much as just calling out to God to say, where are you, um, was David. And in 2 Samuel, he is crying out to God, broken, but he never lost his praise for the Lord. And I think that sometimes we can go through seasons where we are not feeling close to the Lord and our feelings can get us in trouble. And so we pull away from church, Bible study, other believers. Um, But I feel like that's where we need to be is going through 
I don't want to call them habits, but doing those things that we know are going to get us closer to that relationship with the Lord. Yeah, it's interesting that even as you mentioned, David, that um, many times, whether it's Moses, um, whether it's the Apostle Paul, um, whether it's the children of Israel, uh, there is the metaphor, there is a reality of a desert. And you get this picture of, of people that were thirsty, uh, people that were led out specifically by the Lord uh, to these dry places. So uh, there's a purpose, there's a plan uh, in all of that, uh, whether that's a result of rebellion or, or whether it's part of God's sovereign plan. Sometimes, and again, sometimes he will lead people. Uh, to these dry places for uh, many, many purposes. I just wanted to add a scripture there that's scriptural. It says that in Deuteronomy 32.10, scripture says he found them in the desert land. So if you're feeling you're in a desert land, it says he encircles you, he cares for you, and he keeps you as the apple of his eye. So it could be his sovereign plan to put us here just so he can comfort us, and be with us, encircle us, and keep us as the apple of his eye. And he also makes a stream in the desert in Isaiah 35, 16. He'll always make a way for us in a desert land. He's always there with us and through. He takes us through. He doesn't promise he'll take us out. He says he'll be with us through it. Even as Donna mentions Deuteronomy, I think about uh, chapter 8, um, uh, verse 2, and Moses writes, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. Now watch this. That he might humble you, mm. testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know. But he says, he goes on to let you know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so you can see that at least in times of sovereign dryness, God is working uh, in, in deep and wonderful ways. Amen. And I think when we go through the times where there's sovereign dryness, God uses it so that we see our need for him, that we see we can't do it in our own power. We can't do it um, through the strength that we have, but that there's such a need for him. I think that reminds me, mom, back to when you were first going through your marriage problems and in your power, you thought everything was fine. You know, we go to church on Sundays and um, you know, I've got good kids and we're doing the right thing. And, you know, we're not, um, you know, breaking this list of holy rules that were, you know, I'm using air quotes, but, um, you thought everything was going fine, but really you had been in a season of spiritual dryness for years where you really were not actually close and having a personal walk with the Lord, like you should have been. Well, I, I thought I was growing in the Lord and so forth. But I think when you go through a crisis of marriage problems or a crisis of any type, even a physical illness where you're seeking the Lord more then all of a sudden your prayer life and your crying out to the Lord has a new meaning compared to your daily prayers 
for your family and for your employment and your extended family members. And I got to where I want, I was hungering and thirsting for the word and for the Lord like never before. I was crying out to the Lord literally on my flat on my stomach in the living room with the Bible laid out. And I've never done that before when, uh, prior to our marriage problems. But I wanted to seek the Lord like never before and have a relationship that I wanted more to hear his voice, his direction. And that's what we want for you. That's our goal every day is that you will grow closer, much, much closer to the Lord and have an intimacy that you will understand it's different and you know it's different than ever before. That's funny you use the word intimacy because um, we can't confuse familiarity with the Lord with intimacy. Like we can be familiar with God, even atheists, even the devil, they know all about God. They know the details of God. Um, but our Christian walk needs to be an intimate walk with Christ and learning more about him every day. If you um, think about those closest to you, your children, your spouse, your in-laws, your parents, if you never talked to them, never um, communicated with them, never wrote them, never had the opportunity to spend time with them, you would really not know them very well. And that's how we get to know Christ is by spending time with him and, and learning what he wants and understanding, like you said, Tim, when he takes us through those deserts um, that he can show us his power in those times. Tim, what do you think that if you were to talk to somebody today, what would you say to them, how they would get to that point? As we were talking about sort of that sovereign dryness, um, uh, let's talk about the other type of dryness. And I'll, I'll probably lead into your answer and your question is this. Most of the dryness um, that I've experienced in my life and seen in the others has been created by ourselves, mm -hmm. all right? Uh, any time that we doubt, any time that we fear, any time that we choose to sin, any time that we are into idolatry, we cause our own dryness. We're just sowing what we have reaped. And that's the more common part. When we trust in something else or someone else other than God, there is where we will feel uh, a dryness, a distance um, from God. And, and, and listen, and those can be not only immoral things, these can bleed over onto the, what we call the moral things or the good things, where we can just find ourselves uh, trusting in and leaning in and depending on uh, good things that uh, from time to time become God things in our life or God replacements. And so, and in doing so, so in any type of uh, idolatry, um, the path out is, is always biblical, which is um, repentance, all right, is just a humble acknowledgement that, Lord, I've trusted in a created thing rather than a creator. Lord, I've, I've put my hope, I've put my trust in something other than you. And, uh, Lord, thank you for this season of dryness. And, Lord, I, I humbly want to return to you. And, um, and so that's 
that's what I would do is, is somebody willing to admit that they're wrong. And, uh, and I would say, will I come back to the gospel? And I, and I was just thinking of this over the last couple of days that uh, these, these three R words that I tend to use, remember, all right, remember what Christ has done for us in the gospel, his life, his death, his resurrection, his grace, his mercy. And then the second R word is repent, all right? Humbly admit your sin and then embrace the forgiveness that we have in Jesus. And then the last R word is rejoice. Thank God. Praise him for his mercy. And uh, I, I, I was even thinking the other day about uh, uh, Acts 3, 3.20 that says, um, repent so that times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord. And that's, that's exactly what I, what I think that you're trying to encourage today, Charlene, is the presence of the Lord and how refreshing that it can be. Amen. Awesome scripture. I'd like to segue into that as a testimony came in today. And it said, the most important change is the change that God is making in me. He has taught me that my time with him is most important. You see, I made an idol of my husband. God is a jealous God. He will be first and not second. Now that my Abba is first in my life, things are lining up throughout my life. God has given me a love for prayer and time with him. So that's why the desert sometimes is a good place if you're alone with him. It says his presence is so beautiful. And I cling to the time that I spend with him. He communes with me, and it's a beautiful journey. So this is a beautiful testimony someone sent in today, knowing that every single email we get, we pray over. Every single testimony we get, we're grateful for, and we try to post them all. And we just wanted to let the people know that we're praying for them. Every single email gets prayed for, and we're praying for our standards. And that message that she wrote reminds me of um, Jesus as our ultimate example. Like even in the garden in Matthew, um, before he was led off to his crucifixion, he sought time alone with God and he, and he prayed to God. And, and we can see his humanity there and saying, Lord, if this can be taken from me, but if not, his faith was in God and what he was going to do. And that's the same thing you said, that we can um, just lean into what Christ can do for us and lean into his ability to carry us through those seasons um, where we're feeling a drought or a dryness. I think because of what we've been through in 2020, um, I know that it's more prevalent that people seem to be struggling. I know um, on the news, you hear people talking about um, struggling with mental health and the isolation and the change in so many people's lives, I think has really thrown a lot of people for a loop. Parents that have kids are now homeschooling them. Some churches still haven't even opened up yet. And so that inability to gather corporately, um, there's just been a lot of change for a lot of people. And this is the first time in my lifetime that something like this has happened and so I think that that has also led to discouragement for people. I know even in my life, this has been a tough season of just feeling, um, okay, God, when are you going to, you know, solve this issue? When is this going to go away? And then when is this pain going to stop of dealing with the ups and downs of all that 2020 has brought? 
So can you speak to that, the things that have been going on this year for so many people and the struggles they've been facing? You know, as I look back at my own life, and, and I think uh, of us as particularly Americans, we live a pretty comfortable life. Uh, yes, we, do. we have a lot of things uh, at our fingertips and available, and our lives get in sort of this comfortable routine. And, and, and as you said, Lori, uh, that has been uh, really upset since last March, and many of our lives uh, has been turned upside down. We're experiencing things um, that we've never experienced before. And so I pause and I just, in, in my own way, I go, Jesus, what in the world are you doing? You know, why are you doing this? And, and I think uh, because Jesus never changes, uh, it's the same reason that he's been doing this for over 2,000 years. And, and, and even as we even go into uh, the Old Testament, that, that he's going to teach his people. Uh, he's going to humble us. He's going to teach us patience. He's going to develop uh, dependence on him. He's going to quiet us. We can all admit, we, many of us live very, very cluttered lives. And, um, and he wants to quiet us. He wants to teach us to listen. He wants us to wait on him. Uh, just like Charlene uh, testified, I, I got this powerful picture of her on her living room flat, uh, prone before him, uh, creating a hunger uh, for spiritual things that she'd never been before. And so God uses suffering. He uses afflictions. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians that in my weakness, Christ's power is made perfect in me. And so I have to go back, Lori, simply to the sovereignty of God. And there's not one thing that we're going through individually. There's not one thing that we're going through as a nation or a world that has not slipped through God's sovereign hands. And right. there are good things going on. He's working all things together for good. It's just... I. I think it comes down, are we willing to have that perspective? Mm -hmm. are, are we willing um, to humble ourselves? And Lord, I, I need you like never before. And would you just simply have your way in all that is going on? Let me read a scripture that goes right along with what you're saying. It's Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise in God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's it comes down to, are we willing to put our trust in God for the things that we can't control? You know, we can become little, um, I call them me monsters, that if I can control the future and I can control what's happening, then we're comfortable, but that's not the way we're supposed to live our lives. We are supposed to have our dependence on Christ alone and trust that his word is true. And when he says that he will use all things for his glory, we can trust that even the darkest things that we're facing. And that's, that's hard to live out day by day, but it is possible when we daily just surrender to God and say, today is a new day and you know what I'm going to face and I'm trusting you to, to take care of me today. Absolutely, because 
you know, one of the toughest things um, is that we're called to live by faith. And I love to see, feel, touch, experience things. Um, and faith is so much, God's deepest work is so much done in, in an unseen world. And in, 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 in like my wife always reminds me, we live, right now we're living between two gardens. And yeah. it's tough down here. And, <laughs> and we experience life in the horizontal uh, but but a life of faith is is so much vertical and the unseen. And so um, God is teaching us how much can we lean into and press into the vertical? How much can we trust the unseen things of God uh, in the form of his grace? Why we live in this crazy mixed up horizontal world, mm -hmm. especially uh, 2020 and all of that uh, brings to us. Yeah. Let me give you a scripture that the Lord has given me. Um, and Isaiah 40 is a scripture that I always go back to uh, frequently. And it says in verse 26, Isaiah 40, verse 26, Lift your eyes and look up to the heavens, who created all things, he who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. What a phenomenal reminder of that to us. And then verse 27 continues, Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak, even youth who grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Wow, that is one of my favorite scriptures God gave me at the time I was standing. And it's still a special scripture for me even many, many years later. That is that the Lord is right there with us, regardless of our circumstances. And Tim mentioned faith, you know, and how we're to persevere in our faith. And uh, how we can do that is drawing near to God. So when we go through trials, we can of often feel like no one understands, that nobody experienced what we're going through. But God is always there for us. That's why we have the podcast. They can listen to and renew their mind. Because whoever owns the mind wins the battle. And then this morning, we were um, very challenged with Romans 5. Uh, verse 2, through him we have obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our suffering. That's a challenge. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope will never disappoint because God's love has been poured out into your hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And that's a good place to keep your mind focused on. 
Absolutely. You mentioned drawing near to God and the scripture that mom just read from Isaiah talks about putting our hope in the Lord to have our strength renewed. What are some tactical things that you would suggest to a person um, that maybe needs to have their hope renewed in their daily habits? Um, I'll give you a second to think and I'll, I'll share one that, that I use in my personal life is I try to mix up the way I pray Um, I've done like prayer journals where I've written out my long prayers. I've done lists where I write a prayer, you know, just a name or a request, and then we'll keep the answer. Um, When I see God answer a prayer there Um, right now, what I'm changing over to is um, using index cards and just putting a person or a situation or Um, a prayer request on one index card and then being able to add to it. But when I pray, I can flip through those index cards to um, just have a different depth of prayer for different requests instead of just praying for, you know, Lord, I pray for our government that you would just, you know, help them to do X, Y, and Z, but I can get more detailed in those one request. And I find that mixing up how I'm doing my devotion time or my prayer time seems to kind of get rid of the staleness. If you're experiencing a staleness in your walk, do you have any suggestions for what a person could do practically in their quiet time or um, mom, I can probably guess what your answer is going to be to this, but just to be encouraged as you're, um, you know, going through your daily life. I would say that uh, I, I'm just going to go down a, a more horizontal road only because um, you mentioned that in spiritual dryness, there's a tendency in all of us to isolate. Right. And, and I would say not only the obvious thing, time with the Lord and time in his word, but I would also say to alleviate the uh, uh, isolation by asking this question, is there someone Uh, in my life that I can trust, that I can confide in, and that I can share what's going on in my soul and what's in my life. So I think that many times um, we need both. We need the vertical aspect and we need the horizontal uh, practical. Is there someone in our life that we can just download to fully confident and uh, that that it's going to be okay with them, whatever we say. And, and that's, that, that's what I think is, is very, very valuable. And if we can find people in our life that are good listeners, um, that can give us just a little feedback, but mostly listen and absorb all that stuff and just uh, bear our burdens together. I think that that's very, very valuable in a practical way. I agree. And be that person for somebody else, you know, find a person and say, Lord, show me who needs a a person to, to vent to and ask God to bring somebody into your life that you can be that person for. You know, I totally agree with that. There was a lady that was widowed um, that we used to sit close to each other at church prior to the pandemic. (laughs) And, uh, So we got connected on the phone and we have become friends on the phone because she's widowed just this year. And I knew she 
needed somebody. So I started a phone call to her and we grew in relationship to the point that we now are prayer partners that we'll call three to four times a week, if not more, and we will pray with each other for whatever circumstances. We pray for the nation. We pray for everything. But it has meant uh, a lot to her, but it's meant a lot to me also. So I would challenge you, who do you know that even you have not seen that you used to know at um, church and call and check on them? And then maybe you will develop a relationship where you can end it into a time of prayer. And it doesn't have to be long, but it, it can be anything you want it to be. But we have to make that, maybe that first step and see what it goes into. It's amazing how the Lord will um, make it stronger and like a relationship I never expected with this lady. And it, it is, we become friends and everything else. And the funniest part about it, we have not met in person for six, eight months, nine months. We have done it all over the phone. So do not let the devil, as, as uh, Tim said, that isolation. And when you are widowed and you're going that, through that grief or you're uh, home alone or whatever with your um, spouse is not home, you, you may not have children right now. Or you alternate your children when you're alone. Do not allow that aloneness to be not uh, fruitful. Grow in the Lord. And then you can share that with somebody else and even have a Bible study over the phone. What was something that when you were going through your first stages of spiritual growth that encouraged you? I, I must say, the first thing I do at morning and at last at night is I leave worship music on 24 hours a day as much as possible. I love praising the Lord. And if you can get up in the morning and you could feel a little bit discouraged or a little bit dreading today, you know what? There's nothing like turning on praise music and going around doing what you got to do and you start praising the Lord and the Holy Spirit will speak to you and fill you up. Donna, what do you think about that? That's an awesome, awesome truth there. Uh, my struggle is when I go to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I go to you version and I put in my headphones and I just listen to the Psalms and that renews my thinking. Cause remember whoever owns the mind wins the battle. I've got to renew my thought life. I've got to renew my mind with truth because anything that discourages us is usually a lie and doubt is from the devil. But Jesus has overcome. He has given us the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if I can renew my mind with truth, I'll get through that struggle and I'll be able to go to sleep. And so important, especially at night, because that is when it seems like the enemy tries to use that stillness, that quiet, that darkness, that um, loneliness, if your spouse is not with you, to really just fill you with lies. And when you replace the lie with the truth, that's what our focus becomes. I might be a really light sleeper, but I know that if um, I'm tossing and turning in the middle of the night, in my like subconscious, what I'm replaying in my mind is 
a song that God used during that day to speak to me or a scripture that, that I read right before bed or something. And if we replace the truth with the lie, like you said, that's where our focus shifts to and so important to do. So turn the TV off at night and, and turn on the Bible. It can read to you if you use what Donna suggested and just let that be the peace as you, you know, go to sleep. And God has given us sleep as a gift from God to rejuvenate our body. And so many people want to work three hours, four hours to get five hours sleep or whatever. You have a tight schedule. And you know that you, you need to, especially if on the weekends, get caught up on your sleep. Sleep is a gift from God. And it rejuvenates your body. It rejuvenates your mind. And we need that. Ask the Lord, why can I not sleep? The enemy wants to give you all that negativity of what you're facing today or this week or a mortgage payment that's due. And is your spouse going to give you the money or all of these different uh, situations? Or you may have lost your job uh, through the pandemic. And what are you going to do? We've got to remember Jesus is our source. It's not the people. Jesus is our source. And yes, we need to do our part, but we need to do his part also. But what are you listening to at the end of your day, as I would uh, suggest that? Are you listening to wild music? But if you would take your Bible and have a devotion at the end of the day, I would recommend devotions. I'm not saying a long devotion, but pick a devotion time. But do a devotion, short devotion in the morning and at night or whenever you have your long time because you're filling yourself up with positivity and not the negativity, not the, and if you skip doing it twice a day, I would say you're going to get dry. The drought that we're talking about, you may get dry because I need it twice a day. I want to end close to the Lord. Well, I would say and agree heartedly uh, and say amen to all of those things. I, I also think that, you know, when, when I hear Paul wrote that we are to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think about the word grace. And for me, um, uh, I'm sort of simple minded and uh, the things that that really get me through um, is I, you know, and I've been taught by a pastor a long time ago to um, uh, in those trying difficult times, always go back to the cross, always go back to the gospel. Um, because I think about, when I think about the cross and what Jesus did for me and what he went through, to uh, atone for my sins and what he did on that cross and how he walked out of that grave and how he's preparing a place for us right now. When I think about the power of the gospel, the power of the gospel, there's something supernatural. There's something that's grace filled when, when I think about that and that just, because ultimately, to me, the Christian life is a growing love and a growing appreciation for Jesus, for what he's done. And I look back at what I, what I affectionately call Jesus's plan for change in our life. And he said this at the Last Supper. He said to the guys, 
three times nuanced a little differently. He said, guys, if you love me, you will do what I say. And so, um, you know, I'm always asking myself, what can I do to increase my love, my appreciation, and my gratitude for Jesus? And when I go down that road, um, I get filled. I experience his grace. He gets me through in an incredible way. And so that's what I do. It's I always come back to the cross. I always come back to the empty grave. And there's something special about that. Amen. So good. Well, we're so glad that you guys took the time to join us. And I think this topic is going to really speak to people to encourage them as they're facing maybe some spiritual questions or um, a spiritual wilderness that they, you know, find themselves in. Um, as we close, Tim and Donna, would you all be willing to pray for um, the people who will be hearing this and those that are facing struggles right now in their family life? So many are facing separation and divorce and custody issues right now and um, school issues. And we know that there's so many circumstances that people are facing, but would you pray for uh, the people with us? Absolutely. Lord, as you sat with your guys, even at that same last supper, um, you told them uh, that in this world, they will have trouble. They will have tribulation. Lord, none of those guys sitting at that table had any idea of what they would go through in the coming days, months, and years. And Lord, many of us who have come to you uh, as Lord and Savior, we had no understanding and uh, what we would be going through. And just like Lori said, um, there are many, many people hurting. There are marriages that uh, are uh, in trouble right now, Lord. There are bills to pay. There are decisions to have to made. There are health issues. There are financial issues. There's so much going on. And so, Lord, but you also said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. And Lord, so we look to you. We pray to you, Lord, the Prince of Peace. And I pray for everyone, Lord, who is Um, plugged into the Rejoice Marriage Ministries, Lord, that they would sense your shalom peace, Lord, that you would be doing a deep work in their heart, Lord, as they trust you, Lord, as they trust your word, that you promise to finish the good work that you began in them, and you will work all things together for good. And Lord, nothing will separate them for your love. And so I pray, God, As they draw close to you, Lord, that they will cling to your promise that you will draw near to them. Lord, I pray that out of them, your Holy Spirit, you would say that rivers of living water would flow for them. And so, Lord, I pray no matter what is going on in our lives, Lord, that they would sense your hand, your peace, your presence, Lord, your provision. As we navigate through stormy waters, Lord, you promised to to speak peace through our storm, Lord. So we look to you. We look to you and you alone as our source. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you so much that your word is true. And that, like we said in Deuteronomy, you found us in the desert land. You encircled us and you cared for us. Thank you, Lord, for your care. Thank you for the Rejoice Marriage Ministry. 
reaching so many around the world. I pray for everyone hearing this message right now that they would be reminded that God is faithful, that they're being prayed for. We pray that you would give them perseverance with faith and patience, and God clothes them with his love and that he refreshes them with his spirit, that God would uphold each one physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and refresh them right now, Lord, with the Holy Spirit of your presence. Lord, we pray that you would renew the mind. Help us, Lord. We need our mind renewed because the answer to time in the wilderness is just sitting at your feet and being a Mary and sitting there and listening to you and amen. clothing us with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for joining us today. I hope that this episode was an encouragement to you and that you were able to write down the many scriptures and the many suggestions that were given. If not, if you had to listen to this while you were driving or exercising, I want to encourage you to go back and to spend some time writing down the references that were given so you can look up the scriptures yourself. I also want to suggest the book, the Spiritual Journey Toward a Healed Marriage that was written by Charlene. It's called Moving from Brokenness to Restoration, and it will really be a wonderful tool as you're praying for your spouse to come home. As a thank you for listening to today's episode, you can use the coupon code JOURNEY and save 20% off this book if it's one that you need in your library. And we want to hear how the Lord has been moving in your life and the ways that you've seen him answer prayers. So reach out to us on our website and tell us what God's been doing in your life and how you have been overcoming a season of spiritual dryness. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.